Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 212. This episode is brought to you by our mystery box of books giveaway. This giveaway is happening until May 17th, 2023, and you can go to 41more.com forward slash books to enter. So here's my question for you. Are you a book lover? Do you love books about organizing, decluttering, homeschooling, faith, productivity, and parenting? How about if I sent you eight books, some of them are brand new, but they were totally free. And the good news is that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm decluttering my shelves, which I do every once in a while. And I send a box of books that I know one of you will love. I send them for free to one of my listeners. So please enter this giveaway before May 17th. And I'd love to send you this box of books. It's worth about $115. So go to 41more.com forward slash books to enter our mystery box of books giveaway. Welcome to episode 212. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 212. Today we're chatting about how to plan out a successful high school for your homeschooler. I know this is one of those times, right? When you begin homeschooling, if you begin way back at the beginning with a bunch of little ones, you're really stressed out until you get your footing. And then every time there's like a big transition, it can feel stressful. I know I have several friends in real life who are kind of staring down the high school years in a, in a little bit and they're thinking, oh my goodness, do I even know what I'm doing? And I want you to know it's not that hard. Things are not going to change all that much, especially if you've been homeschooling the whole way through. You're growing in it as your kids are growing. And there aren't that many extra things to be aware of, but I'm going to give you a heads up onto what you might want to know ahead of time. And if you haven't homeschooled before and you're jumping in in the, homes- in the high school years, you can do this too. It's not going to be that difficult. So we're going to go through several points that I think are important to bring up. And then I'm going to give you ideas to consider, a little bit of inspiration, some resources, places to go to find more help. And just know that, okay, where am I? what's my background? How do I know what I'm talking about in case you've stumbled upon this episode and you really don't know who I am? So... I've been homeschooling my five kids since, let's see what year, I always forget, 2008. We've graduated three. So I've successfully gotten three of them through high school in our homeschool. Um, My fourth is also in high school. And then I have a fifth in fifth grade in the fall. So we've been there, done that. I've done this multiple times. Of course, it's a learning curve. I'm going to tell you my ideas based on my trial and error a little bit. I'm a former classroom teacher, um, middle school, in the middle school uh, ages, Um, and then I've been homeschooling my kids. So I have some perspective of, um, you know, what it takes to get your kids through, through homeschool high school, and then to tell you that my kids are on the other side and very successful in college pursuing, you know, what they wanted to pursue. So that's the good news. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I do know whereof I speak. And so these are the things that I would tell you. I would tell my friend. I would tell families who come to me in Pennsylvania where I do homeschool evaluations and they, they ask me for help during the high school years. This is all the information I would give them. 
So let's jump into some of these topics. Here is how to plan out a successful homeschool high school experience. Now, some of these points I'm going to mention are kind of true no matter what age level your kids are in. The first two points are know your student and know yourself. I mean, I would tell this to a homeschool mom who's just starting out. Um, Some kids are visual learners, some are auditory, some are kinesthetic. I would say know your student. Are they highly motivated on their own or do they need a little bit of structure? Do they need more checking in to make sure they're staying on task? Are they, are we dealing with uh, dyslexia or ADD or anything like that? Like know your student because every, not everyone's going to fit into a neat and tidy box. High school, even in homeschool is not going to look the same for every kid. So know your student, would they do better with video courses? Would they do better with textbook base? Would they do better with hands-on stuff? Would they do better, um, you know, where they have, where you have to grade their work or would it it be better if their work is automatically graded? Like how is this all going to play out? And that's partly based on knowing your student, the type of learner they are, the type of personal motivation they have and that kind of thing. Also academically knowing your student, you know, some kids are very, you know, they're, they're able to work through stuff on their own and problem solve and troubleshoot. And that's a whole different type of kid than one who needs a lot more help. So know your student. And then when I say know yourself, what stage of life are you in? Do you have other younger kids you're homeschooling at the same time? Are you working full-time, part-time? Are you there during the day to help? Are you doing this in the evenings? Like what is your situation? That's going to also maybe factor into some of the choices you make with courses and curriculum and that kind of thing know yourself. Are you wanting to, you know, have everything off your shoulders and your child is doing stuff basically all online? Like, what does this look like? So know yourself, know your student. Those are the first two places I would say to start. Now, the next really big piece of this is, you know, if you've been homeschooling from the beginning, I really hope you've gradually gotten this really good balance between your child's responsibility and independence and, and being able to take charge of their learning. And then the involvement that has to come from you. We know that when you're homeschooling young children, when you're just starting out, the parental involvement is at an all time high, obviously the very beginning, our kids don't know how to read. They don't, you know, they need help with everything. And so their personal responsibility isn't super high, but our involvement is high. Now, over the years, these two things are gradually going to switch spots. So by upper elementary, middle school, hopefully it's pretty, it's pretty much like half and half. Like your child is taking a good chunk of the responsibility. They're pretty motivated. They're pretty independent. And then you're also hands-on, you know, a good, still a decent amount of time, but not with everything. And now by high school, really your child should be having this huge amount of responsibility, independence, be able to work on their own and, you know, really take responsibility and your involvement should be able to be way pulled back unless you're physically teaching them every class. I'm guessing most high school homeschoolers do not function that way. So I hope by now, this is how you're going to be able to handle the high school years, especially if you have more than one child that you're homeschooling or if you're working on the side or whatever. So take a look at how you've done with that. Now, some of you may say, oh, 
I've not put enough responsibility on them. I'm still nagging them to get everything done. Well, then that's going to be a big piece of things that you need to work through before you jump into high school, because you want your kids to be fairly independent. Um, now, are you there to help them find them resources, mentor them, troubleshoot all of that stuff? Of course you are. But if your kids aren't taking a good amount of that responsibility and motivation on their own, we have maybe a personal problem, a character problem, I might say. Now, this is not maybe applicable if your child is, say, on the autism spectrum and they, you know, are maybe need a lot more um, help in the day-to-day. So, but I'm talking about like your average kid. Um, think about how that balance is working out because you really do need to figure that out before you jump into the courses for high school. So does that make sense? So know your student, know yourself, and consider how that balances between responsibility from your child and involvement from you. And if you go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 212, I will have a handy little uh, graph there that shows you in visual form what I'm talking about. And I think if it doesn't make sense right now, it'll click and you'll be like, okay, that makes sense. So the next thing to consider is know your state graduation requirements. Um, I'm in Pennsylvania and I do a lot of homeschool evaluations for Pennsylvania homeschoolers. We're one of the most highly regulated States, unfortunately. Um, but you know, so we have requirements that they have to have a certain number of years of English, of math, of science, of social studies, of electives in order to be able to get a Pennsylvania diploma. Now your state might not have any requirements. So in that case, of course, you need to say like, are, is my child going to college? What are they going to want to see on the transcript? So, you know, you need to know what your state requires because you want to know ahead of time. So you don't get to their 12th grade year and go, Oh, we missed a whole bunch of stuff. Now he can't graduate on time. That would be terrible. And I've seen that happen, unfortunately, even in Pennsylvania, where we have so much going on with paperwork and compliance things. Uh, some families just don't look ahead for whatever reason, and then they're stuck at the last year trying to squish a lot of things in, or they have to delay graduation, which is terrible. So know what your state requires for homeschoolers to actually graduate. And then what is your child's future goals, future plans? Like I said, if they're going to college and that's going to be a competitive type of thing, you really do need to research what's expected on that transcript. What courses do, will they want to have on there? Like, for example, Pennsylvania doesn't require a foreign language in high school, but I would say a lot of colleges probably want to see that on a transcript. So you have to think of things like that. Um, future plans. Obviously, you know, you're going to go major in something related to music. You're probably going to want to have a lot of music lessons, courses, electives, and that kind of thing on your transcript. So consider future plans and goals. Obviously some kids are going right into the workforce or maybe into the military. So consider what's going to be important for them to study during their high school years. Sometimes it's important to think outside the box and we'll get to that. Because if they're going into the workforce, maybe you want them to do an apprenticeship with someone in a field that they're going into um, and that type of thing. So knowing what your child wants to pursue will help you to craft a custom high school plan. This is the cool thing about homeschooling. Even our high school years don't have to be out of the, you know, in the box. They can be out of the box. In other words, we can make the high school experience as unique as our unique kids. Nothing says they have to have certain 
uh, standard courses, of course, unless your state says they do or the college wants to see them or whatever. But most of us have the freedom to be able to pick and choose a really great variety of courses, electives, and activities for our kids that will round them out get them ready for adulthood, and also get them ready for their next step after graduation. So now let's jump into really specific ideas to consider as you're working out this high school plan. I would encourage most of you to, first of all, I said, make an overall plan. So that means on like one sheet of paper or on a spreadsheet, go ahead and map out all the subject areas that you're going to cover, you know, math, English, history, science, electives, whatever. And then on the other side, map out 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So you have a nice grid going on or a nice chart. And then go ahead and fill in a general plan before your child gets into ninth grade. This is not set in stone. It doesn't mean you can never change anything, but it does help to kind of go, okay, do I already kind of know what I want to use for math? Do I already kind of know what we want to do for history? Even if you don't know which curriculum, you might want to map out, okay, this year we're doing American history, this other year we're going to do world history, another year we're doing government and economics and that kind of thing. Mapping out a general overview, you know, biology, chemistry, what are we doing there? Are we doing um, algebra one, geometry, algebra two? Are we doing business math or personal finance up in, up in those other years? Are we going to go toward pre-calculus or trigonometry or whatever? Like kind of map out a general plan so that you're not missing anything. And then you can start to fill in the specifics as you research, as you talk to people, as you get recommendations, you can start to fill in, okay, I'm actually going to choose this specific curriculum and you can write it in there. And then you can keep track on this chart, whether you've purchased the curriculum, are you borrowing it? Did you find it? yet? Do you still have to find it? And then you have a nice one page overview of all of high school, all the resources needed, and if you have them or not. I think that's really helpful. And then once you get that, of course, every year through high school, you're going to want to add to your child's transcript. A transcript is simply a one page record of their of their high school experience with their grades on it and the courses they took. And I have don't worry if this is like, oh, this is so overwhelming. I've got literally downloads for free for you of all of these things I'm going to mention. So remember the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 212. So your overall plan happens before you start high school. It's kind of your roadmap. And then your transcript happens as you go. At the end of every year, you figure out your child's final grade. You stick the course name in that grade on your transcript. And then by the time they graduate, you have a completed transcript. You don't have to scramble and try to remember what they did four years ago. And I do have a link to an editable transcript that makes it so easy. You don't need to make this from scratch. Now, personally, I also have my high schoolers keep track of their own grades. We have a student grade sheet, which you can also get for free on my site. And they just keep track after I grade a test or they have an assignment. They just keep a running total of their grade in the class. And then by the end of the year, I look at that final number and I stick that on the transcript. It's very easy. And because my kids take responsibility for their grading a lot, sometimes I have them grade some of their own stuff. Sometimes I grade it, sometimes they grade it. But Regardless, they're very on top of how they're doing, and I know exactly how they're doing at all times, and it makes it really easy to keep up with. The other thing you know I love, if you've listened to me for any length of time, is using Trello. 
When you can use Trello, that means at the beginning of the year, I set up a Trello board for my high schooler. I put on there all his courses. If I have to link to, you know, here's where you get the videos or here's where you access this, I can stick that on there too. And this allows them to arrange their week and schedule their week, figure out what's done, check things off. And this is a great way to teach them accountability and responsibility for their own schedule. It's a really good skill before they get to college or into the workforce. So definitely look into Trello if you're thinking, how do I keep them on task? That's what we do. All right, I'm throwing tons of ideas out at you, but I'm just going to keep going. And of course, I will have links to, to these things in school in the show notes. But another amazing thing about homeschooling during the high school years is your child might choose to work a whole lot to start raising money for college. Our kids did this. They're paying their way through college. They're very responsible. It's an amazing character building quality opportunity for them. And in the high school years, we were able to do four days of academics. And then every Friday they would work full time. And then of course they work in the evenings if they need to. This is a great way for your child to get a little bit of money in the bank. Of course, if your child is going into something like a trade, eventually you might even want them to do apprenticeships during your high school years. And you can work that right into your schedule. Um, consider their hobbies and interests and fit that in, whether they're into music, into sports, into photography, like whatever, what are they into? What are they thinking of pursuing? Go ahead and put, use those as electives for your kids. Um, dual enrollment has been a really good thing for my family personally. Um, they knew where they were going to college. Now you don't have to do the dual enrollment where they're going to go to college. Maybe you could do it at a community college that's local to you, but they knew where they were going to college and their, um, college offered online courses for high schoolers that are half the price. So whatever the cost would be usually for a college student, they were half the price. And then of course they're getting credit on their high school transcript, but they're also earning college credit. So what's happened and what has helped my oldest, especially he completed enough to wipe out one whole year of college. So when he entered as a freshman, he technically was a sophomore. And so instead of paying for four years of college with room and board, he only has to pay for three. He only has three years there and he'll graduate. Now, of course he's loving college life so much. He's thinking about staying around for his master's degree. So, you know, some kids don't necessarily want less college. They actually want their full time there. So this kid, especially he's like, Nope, I'm staying longer, but it, but it's still, it helped him get, it's going to help him get his undergrad done even quicker. And so instead of, for example, teaching English to him in his last uh, year of high school, we just, he just took college English that he would have to take anyway. And that counted for both high school and college. So we love dual enrollment in our house. It's been, it's been a really great um, opportunity for our kids. Consider the unique opportunities you could use to craft into electives. This is one of the reasons why I talk about my selling on Etsy masterclass for teens as a really fun elective for your kids who are creative and crafty, yet they want a little bit of entrepreneurship and business experience. Selling on Etsy, making your own items, marketing, getting listings up, dealing with customers, dealing with finances. All of these things are great skills that you could use to craft a really neat elective in high school, especially if this fits maybe their future plans or really showcases your child's strengths on a transcript. 
a few other things you don't want to forget about are life skills. So many of us never learned how to do personal finances, or maybe you want to have a cooking class or whatever. Like you think about what are those life skills that we would like to include during the high school years. Maybe it's car maintenance. That would be really helpful. And so consider using those. You can actually make those into courses, electives, um, and that kind of thing. Now, some of you are wondering about ACTs and SATs. Some colleges are going to, most colleges I'm going to guess are still requiring them. And I know a lot of homeschool families have different opinions about this. Some families, your child is trying to get into a, you know, competitive college that's really hard to get into. And so they might prepare for the ACT or SAT. They might take it multiple times and you're trying to get this really high score. We've kind of been relaxed with it. We are, the college my kids are are going to requires it, but I didn't want to stress them out about it. I was, we just took it. We didn't prepare. Like we did a little bit as far as we took their little sample test that you can get online, but we didn't take five, you know, we didn't take it five times and try to improve our score. Maybe we should have, maybe that's a fault on my side, but we just literally took it because it was required and then moved on with our life. But, um, if you have a child that needs accommodations, for example, so one of our children has dyslexia and we never tested him until right before he needed to take the, well, I guess maybe a year before he needed to take the ACT, we did get him evaluated so we could have the documentation because we knew, okay, he's not going to be able to take this ACT and do, do well at all because he has struggles with reading. He needs more time to be able to read the questions. So he did get accommodations and that helped him with the ACT. And then the accommodations have been helpful in college. So if you need something like that for your child, you you do need to plan ahead. If you want to prep for the test or if you need accommodations, definitely work on that pl- in plenty of time so you're not stuck there at the end. Because I believe things for the, like these tests, I don't think you can get the accommodations and then the next week take the test. It has to be in place, I think, for at least a short period of time. So... A few more ideas for you, and then we'll wrap up. I know this is kind of longer than normal, but I'm hoping I'm I'm hope I'm throwing enough ideas out here to cover pretty much everything that's on your mind. And of course, my my show notes should be able to spell those out a little more for you if you want them written down. The last few things I'll mention are scholarships. Now, my kids got some scholarships, but not it's hard to explain, not based on um like going out and searching for them and writing essays and that kind of thing. Some families, that's going to be a great fit for you. So if you are like, okay, what can I do to save money on college? And I know there's all these ways that I can find free money out there, then you're going to love episode 146 of the podcast where we had Jeannie Berlowski on and she had a book all about this process and she talks about it. She has a website, she has videos. So if you're at all curious about what that entails, definitely check out Jeannie's episode on 146. And then finally, graduation ceremony plans. What are you going to do for your homeschool graduation? Sometimes families will get together, maybe in a co-op or maybe just in your community. If you know of several kids graduating the same year, you can all do a graduation ceremony together. My boys never wanted anything spectacular like that. They just said, let's just do a party, invite our friends and have some food. So that's what we did. It was really low key. But just figure out ahead of time what your child, you know, is thinking of doing. I know when we were at one um, 
at a different, we lived in a different area. And, um, one of my piano students gra- was graduating from her homeschool at that year. And she decided to put together her graduation ceremony was her graduating from high school, but also her piano recital. So that was kind of a neat connection of like, you know, it did fill up the program and made it more interesting than just one child getting a diploma can kind of feel a little lackluster, but you know, that's something to consider as well. So if you're at all curious about deep diving into any of these topics, or if you want to see the kind of curriculum we've used over the years and we've kind of enjoyed now, is this the only way to do it? Is the, are my curriculum choices the best? No, but this is what we've landed on. And for whatever reason, it's worked for our kids and I'm constantly tweaking things. So I'm learning about new resources, just like you are through word of mouth, through recommendations. So if you're needing some inspiration and ideas, maybe a jumping off point for your research, I will link to um, my high school curriculum review posts so you can see exactly the good, the bad, and the ugly of different things we've used over the years. So bottom line, there's a lot to think about. I think I've given you this humongous fire hydrant of ideas. I've just spewed it all out. But hopefully some of these things have got you thinking, okay, I do need to consider this or I do need to think about that. And then head to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 212, where you will see it all spelled out for you. You will see uh, resources and freebies, things you can download to implement the things we've talked about today. But my bottom line for you is, after all of this, do not be overwhelmed with homeschooling high school. You can do a great job. You can give your kids an awesome experience. You can craft it to fit them exactly And you can actually grow in your relationship with your kids. Now that I have two kids off at college already, the third is going soon. It's kind of sad. I used to have all these kids at home. I used to have five kids at home and feel like my house was bustling with energy. And I, I do miss it. I know it sounds funny for some of you that maybe you're like in the middle of babies and toddlers and you're like, this is a loud house and I'm a little overwhelmed. I actually miss it now. And so... It is nice to have your kids home in high school and to continue that relationship with them and then get them ready and send them out. Now, did I do everything perfectly? No. And we've heard from our kids like, hey, this would have been more helpful or hey, you forgot to prepare us for this. Of course, that's going to happen naturally. But I hope with this episode, it's my thoughts have given you some ideas so that you don't, you know, maybe skip some of these things that are important. All right. Head on over to the show notes to get more help. Thanks for joining us today. I'll be back next week with some more actionable strategies for your homeschool adventure. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.